Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. Greetings to everyone who's listening to the call today and on our replays later. Rebuilding Your Life Radio, in conjunction with our monthly Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, now provides more opportunities for us to explore stories of sudden and great loss, what others do to heal and rebuild, both inner and outer work, and what they take away from their experiences. But today, we're going to be visiting with Kira Gretschneider, who is a school teacher from Australia. She has already written three children's books, and her most recent is Ellie, the hen who, who was afraid of worms. Now, Kira has gotten up early this morning to join us because there are many hours ahead and across the, the uh, time divide there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So let's not keep her waiting. Hello, Kira. Hello, Susan. Hello, everyone else. I'm so glad you could join us today. Uh, you're, you, I think we met last week and you told me that you're at the beginning of nowhere in Australia. Can you give us a sense of where that is? I live in the middle of New South Wales. So if you draw a line between Sydney and Melbourne and about the halfway point is where I am, but not on the coast, not on the mountains. So I start the great flatness that is the middle of Australia. And I like to think that I'm at the start to the middle of nowhere because, yep, it's a very big country that I live in. Um, however, I did find out that it's not quite, the, um, the States is a little bit bigger, but, we certainly have a, a very great expanse of land between me and an ocean or anything else, really. Were you affected by those terrible fires that happened last year? It, we got the smoke, but the closest fire was about mm, three hours away. Otherwise, the big fires were on the coast and through the mountains. So essentially the mountains stop the fires from coming out here um, because there's not a lot to burn out here. We'd, um, we were in a drought, so there was, there was not a lot to burn anyway. So you have been, uh, you've been writing books now for, you have at least, you have three out, am I correct? Yes, I have three picture books. Uh, that have been published and I continue to write in competitions or just stories as it is. Um, always writing, not always publishing, but yes, always writing. And Ellie, the hen afraid of worms was the last one that I uh, got published. Now, I think our your readers and our listeners will be interested to know that uh, how you came to write Ellie 
how your as a teacher how your students got involved in that process yes my students are quite fundamental in this story in that they already knew of the two previous books which is uh, Betty saves the mob and Mary from the dairy and then three of my students went miss can you put me in a book and I went oh yeah I'll give it a go and so I'm actually afraid of hens and these three particular students are not afraid of hens and so I said well I will put your names in books so they are forever in print um it it's not their actual name it's more a play on their names but they know that they're in in print and I got permission from their parents and yes and as it turned out Ellie so the main main character I when I was her teacher she did a speech on on hens and all of this fascinating information and I did inform her at the time that if I go home and have nightmares because she has just told me all these things about hens um, I would be calling her up at two o'clock in the morning reliving my nightmares because it was such a great speech um, but yes yeah, so my students were the the characters that got involved and brought Ellie to life. That's adorable. Truly adorable. Uh, now, if, as I'm correct, all of the characters in your stories are animals. Yes. They're all a personification of, of animals and even other stories, the, the other stories I've written uh, are animal stories in which they talk and are again linked to me in some way or another. These ones in Ellie, all through all the characters live in a essentially in a a town that is just poultry. So there's um, turkeys and pheasants and a duck and there's other ducks in the in the background and you see them um throughout throughout the story they live in fancy um places there's the hen house and the duck den the turkey townhouse and the pheasant palace other places within the story that are uh where the characters live I love the the way those are named, the Pheasant Palace and the Duck Den. That's just wonderful. <laughs> now, you're, you have a phobia that you've transferred onto Ellie in this story. Yes, I am, as I said before, am afraid of, of hens. I'm getting better and so the thinking behind creating Ellie was, well, I eat chicken and I eat eggs. So what would a hen eat that 
she should be, you know, she shouldn't be afraid of. And that's when I came up with worms uh, because I'm, I'm bigger than a, than a hen. So it had to be something that, that she was bigger than. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want it to be a mouse or something like that. Um, so <laughs> I turned it into, all right, how do, how do we overcome this fear of something that I am bigger than and I shouldn't be afraid of because it's quite funny to be afraid of something that you have in your backyard just because you like eggs. And children at school think it's absolutely hilarious that their teacher's afraid of, of hens to the point that we have fits of laughter when I start telling stories of what my what's happened between me and the hens. <laughs> I find it's giggly for me too. <laughs> Although I think I told you I I think I told you my story of having run-ins with roosters in the past. So I I do understand where that fear comes from. So is that one of the messages of the story that you can get over these fears? Absolutely. It may not be completely over it in that you can just walk into your hen house and pick up a pick up a hen or put your hand under a hen to collect the eggs but it's about accepting that these creatures as they as they are can can are not as harmful as what your mind makes them out to be because it's it's as, as it once says in a, in a um, movie about chickens and about hens, it's all in your head, Mrs. Tweeny. And <laughs> it is. It, it, and, and it shows in the, in the book as well, actually, one of the illustrations is a picture of what Ellie sees when she looks at a worm. And it's this ferocious creatures with sharp teeth and evil eyes and dark gloomy colors and when I look at a at a hen if she's just pecking around the backyard then that's fine but it's when they flap and and get all flustered and and scared is when I really is, is when I get, you know, the hair on, on the, on your arm stand up and the fear of, do I, the fight, fight or flight is what it really feels like. But going through um, the process to not be afraid, now when it oh. happens, I can stand and stand there long enough to go okay let's let's and then I talk myself calmly to a hen so that she calms down and sometimes if it does get too bad I still just leave it's like no no I'm, I'm out so it is about facing your fear and mm -hmm. overcoming that so that you do not look like a complete silly person who is afraid of a hen. <laughs> now, L 
Emily is supported by a best friend. Which character is that? Danny is her best friend. And that's another powerful message in the book in that you sometimes you cannot do this alone. You need the support of a best friend who may or may not laugh at you as well, but is or is there to hold your hand and encourage you to continue going because not to change you, but to support you throughout this. And that's the big, that is the other big message is that having that friend, whether having your best friend with you is what will help you overcome this. You cannot always do it on your own. And sometimes it's best not to do it on your own. And do you also deal with the fact that people do make fun of you when you do, um, at least they make fun of Ellie for being afraid of it? They do. And that's where Denny comes in because she encourages her to keep going, to keep finding, finding the cure, I suppose, to fix her, to rid her of her fear. Um, so she does, it is hard and you can see on Ellie's face in the illustrations just how horrible it is to have people laughing at you. So she has, um, she has the support of her best friend and the determination in the end to, to get to rid herself of this fear or to overcome it in some way. Now, I, since this is an animated book, or not animated, um, you know, a cartoon of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I found you described for me all the different things that distinguish one character from another, since they're all birds in the farmyard. So Ellie wears a string of pearls and has a lovely green handbag. She always walks around with her green handbag. Danny has a blue handbag because they're, they're brown chooks and, oh, sorry, brown hens. If, you, if you've ever been amongst hens, they really do all look the same. So I had to do something to differentiate between them and it was, Ellie was to wear the pearls and, and have her handbag and Danny had her, her handbag. And the pheasants, because they live in a palace, have bow ties. And turkeys wear a, just a normal business tie. And then the duck, Henry, who um, is another character, he's a mallard duck and he has a top hat and a monocle which is a bit fancy I thought and so that's the all the when you look at the characters you can tell who's who once you start to in, uh, read about them and come in contact with them. So who is the hero? Henry. Henry the mallard duck with his monocle. He saves the day 
and does and he doesn't laugh at at Ellie. He encourages her to do uh, look into her mind's eye and find this scrumptious worm. And instead of running away, he helps her to fix it. That is so very precious when when he does that, with just a, a change in mindset, so to speak. Yes. Kira, where are your books available? My, my books are available uh, online through Amazon and Booktopia, through the publishers, which was uh, Balboa Press. These seem like they would be wonderful Christmas or holiday gifts. Absolutely. And they're great to Do Ellie. Do have a visitor? But that was my son. Okay. <laughs> Hello, son. What's his name? His name's Patrick. So he's just must have heard me speaking and decided to uh, wake up. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the, the joys of doing Zoom when we are working from home. All sorts of things happen. Uh, generally, my dogs come in and decide they want to get on the screen and put their nose right in front of the computer. Yes, it, being a school teacher when we had our lockdown, it was a, it was a bit tricky at times to have a meeting with the children over Zoom, and my son had come in and want to tell them about what whatever he was watching on TV or whatever he was reading, and <laughs> thankfully. Uh, the the students were were good. They were they interacted with him, and he was right. Then he could he could go off because someone had someone else had spoken to him. <laughs> All they need is a little attention, and it's fine. Yes. So, what what's your dream for these books? What would you like to see happen? The main thing would be for someone, and it only had to be one, really. It doesn't need to be one, 100, 1,000. Just, just the one person who, from the purchase of my book, is able to go, do you know, I can stand up and do this. I can, I can overcome or I can progress further to achieving personal goals, to escaping fears, whether it's a fear of an animal or of an object or of the anxiety of going into, into unsure situations, whether it's a, a school exam or productions, yeah, overcoming stage fright, things like that. Um, it's, it's just mm -hmm. that you can you can do it um and so work towards work towards doing it never give up and and or and be there and if you're not the the one with the fear 
perhaps you're the friend to support the one with the fear like Danny does to Ellie in this, in this book. Um, it, it's just a great two-sided story. You can, you can look at the perspective of Ellie and the fact that she wants to overcome this fear or you can look at the perspective of Danny, who stands by her friend right all, all the way through. It's always Ellie and Danny. Um, they're, they're never apart in, in the whole story. And being that friend as well to support your, but there for support. It's a good message for all of us. Yes, to support so, each other through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. That's right. So even the the adult reading, to, although Ellie is a rhyming book, so a, once a child understands the pattern of the rhyme, um, you know, they'd be able to read it themselves. So I would say ages probably six and up. I've I've read the story to my six to sixth graders, which are, um, yeah, 10, 11, 12 year olds. And it, so it's not as if it's not, it's not just a younger person's book, but the, the adult reading the book can get that message as well. It, it doesn't have to just be children that are getting the message. You know, when us as adults read picture books, <laughs> There's so much in them, and I suppose because of the teacher, I see this because that's my job, is to then interpret and portray and give the students the lessons within the picture books. It, it's become a second nature to me, but parents reading this book to their child might sit back and go, oh, yeah, I think I can... I can help my, my friend do this or, yeah, I, I really do need to get over this fear of hens or I'm, I'm not sure. In Australia, <laughs> there's that many animals that can kill you. Let's be honest, a snake out the backyard or a, or a spider that comes into the house. So they're our common ones. Um, you know, so they're probably not as silly as a uh, as a hen. So whether it be mm -hmm. just the the whatever your inability is, overcoming that to make it make your life better is is what it is, or getting the most out of your life. I, I would probably word that better to get the most out of your life because we're only here for a short time. That's, it's an interesting story you mentioned about having spiders and snakes that come into your house as a serious thing. Um, I've actually had that happen where I, I walked into my dining room one day and we have a bird cage and I happened to look in the cage and there was a snake in the bird cage. It had snuck in the house, climbed into the cage, and I totally freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> How we deal with our fears, right? 
Absolutely. I'd freak out with the fact that you've got a bird in your house. Don't worry about the snake. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dove. He's in a cage. <laughs> yeah, in but fact, still... if you're if you're listening well, there you have to work at keep, keeping them clean. Yes, you do. <laughs> but there, um, where have you ever tried any other formats for this for your books? Ellie, because they're picture books. They are. They are a picture book. I believe Ellie was a audio book, um, and. That is a goal of mine, is to turn my three picture books, if not, and, and whatever else I begin to write and publish, into, perhaps, you know, YouTube audio books with some animations. And I regularly ask the kids, because let's be honest, children right now, well, the children in my class certainly have a lot more knowledge of uh, technology than I do. Um, on how to you know, make YouTube channels and and animations and that because that seems to be how literature one of the ways literature is is presented now. It's not just in the hard copy that was around when I was a child. Um, it's more of a digital thing and having two options, both the digital and the hard copy just enables more people to access it and also it enables people to see it in a different format, different perspective, just with the same message. That's true. It's for me, it's also a way of getting to uh, develop a relationship with the characters that you may not see as much when they're not animated or if they have the ability to interact with the reader. In that sense, I'm thinking if there were a blog post and they talked to, they answered questions from students who are having, or kids who are having problems, and they could get to know them uh, through a medium like that. Yes. Um, I haven't, I, I'm just a teacher, you know, I haven't the counselling um, degree, but as a teacher, we certainly get our fair share of problems on our doorstep on our classroom step daily. Um, but having Ellie, that, that's a great idea, having Ellie answer the, the fear questions or maybe even a maths question. I can do with maths questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they are personalities and, you know, they, can, they may not have all the answers, but they're friendly. And they, yes, they would connect with the, the other children. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's, it's very, that's part of the fun, of, I think, of our generation of being able to find new and interesting ways to connect with our audiences. Uh, because it's, it's not just a book to put on a shelf. It's a character. 
especially when you have animated characters. They're they're a pillow you can put on your bed. They're a, you know they're a, they become something more uh, through artwork and toys and things like that, so that people really relate to them. Well, yes, I tell you, Kara, it's been a pleasure being on this call with you. I just love the concept of Ellie. I wish I could get to know her better. I appreciate your being on the call with us and talking about her and introducing us to her. Um, I'd like to mention to our listeners that if you like Kira have a special story to share or want to contribute information that can make a positive difference in someone's life, like Ellie and, uh, and her, her friends who have, have supported each other when they're facing fear, or if you're looking for ways to reach more people, please reach out to me. I have a, an email address, susan at manifestyourdreamroadmap.com. And if you want to support the Train Your Brain Claim Your Power calls, you can go to anchor.fm where they are released as podcasts. You can also see what other distributors carry the podcast of both the power calls and the author interviews. So thank you again for listening. And once more, thank you, Kira, for visiting with us today. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shireko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.